The Lucky Mojo Food and Root Work Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. I'm your announcer, Evan Lionheart of readingsbyevan.com from New Jersey, and in just a moment, we'll be joined by our co-host, Catherine Ironwood of luckymojo.com in Forestville, California, Conjurman of conjurmanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California, and this week's special guest. Sister Girl of SisterGirlConjure.com in Los Angeles, California, bringing us today's topic of spell work with photographs. They will take your calls and offer advice to address, ameliorate, and remediate your questions and problems about love, money, career, and spiritual protection using traditional African-American folk magic practices of hoodoo, conjure, or root work as divine and prescribed by the greatest spiritual hoodooists of our time. You can learn a lot just by listening, but if you're selected from among those who signed up at the Lucky Mojo Forum at forum.luckymojo.com and called into the show, then you'll be on the air and receive a free consultation. We'll be going to the phones in just a moment, but first, let's catch up with our co-hosts, Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman. Ms. Kat? Hi. Well, that was a very sketchy opening to the show. <laughs> Um, right. <laughs> it seemed as if somebody somebody in the uh, in the queue had their radio on, and so they were playing the theme music of the show live in the air, and it was picking up, and therefore coming out uh, about a half second or a second delay. It was pretty odd. <laughs> so, but I think Nagashiva got it muted, and um, so there you go. Um, I'm hearing a big sorry from um, from Shutter in the uh, chat. I don't know if it was Shutter or not, but whoever did it, it was somebody. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, anyway, here we are. Um, Shiva says it couldn't have been Shutter because she wasn't in the speaking queue, and uh, so he thinks it was Sister Girl. Well, whoever it was, it, it was, um, and all of a sudden I had muted my computer, and all of a sudden it came back on. I don't know what happened. Ah, uh, well, that's the joy and, and uh, honor of working with electrons. They do have a mind of their own. All right. <laughs> well, we got all that worked out. Um, and it was so funny because I was just posting. Uh, I love What I love about this music is it's always the same. And then I went, ah, <laughs> except today. <laughs> um, all right. Well, let's see. What's new at, at um, in my world? Um, I'm just going to uh, put in a little bit of a report, uh, not so much about Lucky Mojo, um, although I do have to say I'm still doing these Lucky Mojo forum posts. If you follow Lucky Mojo at Facebook or follow me, Cat Ironwood, at Facebook or a few other places that will will host them, uh, we are grooming different uh, Lucky Mojo forum threads. We're putting a photo at the beginning of each thread to signify it was groomed. The first post will always be by me, which also signifies it was groomed. And I am posting those to Facebook and and, uh, other social media. And so I've been doing those, you know, at a a goodly clip. It's fun to do them. I'll never get through because there's 15,000 topics at 
the forum, and so, of course, I can never do them all. But I'm having fun with some of the more popular threads. So if you like to follow along and see what's going at the forum, um, you know, do go on over. It's a free um, sign-up. You know, you can use a fake name. No one's going to call you out for that. And, um, and uh, you know, join the conversation. It's quite a place. So that's one of the things I've been doing. I've been working on the Mystic Tea Room, as always. And the other thing I've been doing is working with the Air Board of Directors. Now, I'm a member of the Air Board of Directors, as is Nagashiva. Miss Michael is a member. Um, Ms. Robin, Lady Muse, John St. Germain. Mm, have I missed anybody? Probably. I don't know. <laughs> there's there's seven of us. I don't think that was seven. I think I missed somebody. Anyway, um, uh, so there we are. We're the board, and um, we've been talking about adding some um, benefits to the air site. Now, you all remember, I talked about this a couple years ago, maybe three years ago, um, that we have uh, churches. Air is, you know, the Association of Independent Regions and Root Workers is uh, a committee of the AISC, Association of Independent Spiritual Churches. And we started a few years ago a little extra directory. In, in addition to the directory of the names of readers and root workers, we have a directory of churches. And you can go there, and those churches can have what are called off-links or off-site links to their church where they offer usually spiritual services. It can be readings that they offer, and it can be that they offer um, candle services and even root work. Now, what's the difference between a church and a person? Well, just as an example, I can give one example. I know a, a reader who is a member of AIR, and she has a church, and she also hires other readers to work at her church. And so if you go to the church to get a reading, you may not get this AIR member, but you'll get one of her employees or her. So we couldn't let her um, advertise those employees unless they joined AIR, right? But through the church, through her church, she offers a wider range of services. She also has a candle service for people, and she also makes some products. So it's the making of the products that led to the next thing. So what we're going to be doing during the course of the year 2021 we're going to be offering a, a new uh, service, members, and also to the public, which is listings of spiritual supply shops. Now, the shops have to be owned by an air member or they don't get listed, obviously. And hmm. they will be um, listed in the directory at the left-hand side of the air page. This isn't going to happen overnight, folks, so just wait and watch for it. And um, there are pages already at the air site that offer um, uh, names of the shops, but they're not a link. It's just a word, you know, Lucky Mojo Curio Company or Carnivalia or, you know, Lionheart Candles and Curios or whatever it is, but there's no link. So this is going to be a new tier of membership for air members if they wish to list their shops. And there's going to be another uh, tier probably roll out as part of it, which will be metaphysical authors and uh, webcasters, podcasters, and those will be links as well. But we're building it in stages. So the first stage will be the shops. So you'll be able to go to AIR for shopping as well. Now, you can't shop at the AIR site, but you can then go to your favorite store that's owned by an AIR member, and you can then place your orders at that shop. So pretty neat deal. 
It's all coming out in 2021. So that's what I've been working on. I hope everybody enjoys it. I hope people are enthusiastic about it. I think it's a good idea because, um, you know, we we uh, um, are all here to help each other. And there are about, you know, 30-some members of AIR. We're also looking for new members of AIR. I want to let you all know that. If you have um, graduated from my course, you're eligible to become a member at Hoodoo Psychics and at AIR. Now, Hoodoo Psychics is owned by Deacon Millet. It's a private organization. And you don't have to be a member of AIR to be a member of Hoodoo Psychics and vice versa, but most people are both. And um, I just uh, I recommend it to anybody who has graduated. If you're thinking of a career in this, and given what the pandemic has done to walk-in shops, we all need all the um, publicity uh, reach that we can get. And so there you go. Um, as Doc Murphy said, promoting each other. That's what we do. And Evan Lionheart says, technology and innovation, yay. <laughs> well, Evan, we haven't even gotten down to how you and I are going to be doing this <laughs> for these people. Um, but I will tell you, I'm just going to give you a little hint, Evan. The board approved that the money that they will pay to be listed in that third tier, will mm-hmm. part of it will go to the workers who do the, the coding because it's oh, way beyond technology. Yeah, 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 right. Because it's beyond <laughs> it's beyond tech team volunteerism, right? You get that. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. All right. So, yeah, so that work. looks like looks like you and me and maybe Nagashiva, you know, will pick up a few bucks coding. But the, some of the money will go to air, of course. I mean, it's not, you know, it's it's also to raise money for the air programs, of which one of the biggest ones is the pro bono fund. Yeah. All righty. So that's my news. What's your news, uh, Conjurman? Well, first, I think that's that's fantastic news. I think uh, anyone who's who's looking to sort of promote their shop or their supplies, Air is a fantastic resource. I always point this out. People think forget. Air isn't just a directory of people. There's like hundreds and hundreds of links to various psychic things, readings, spiritual stuff. I mean, it's an entire encyclopedia. So it's showing up on Google. It's a very smart mm-hmm. idea to be to be linked to mm-hmm. there. So just just putting that mm-hmm. out there. Um, but on mm-hmm. my end, I've been uh, quite busy. The holidays are certainly ramping up, and like I mentioned last week, it's the it's the time of the yearly readings. People want to know what 2021 is going to look like for them, and so I've been doing lots of uh, annual forecasts, year ahead forecasts, life readings, which I enjoy doing. It's some of my favorite type of readings where people really just want to know, Hey, is this the year I'm going to get married? Hey, am I going to find the job that I want? What's going to what, you know, what is post-graduation work going to look like? Um, so it's been, it's been fun. I'm all booked up for, for November, uh, for December, but I have opened up my January reading. So if anyone's interested, check it out. Um, but I, there is an interesting theme that is definitely emerging and we've mentioned this and I'm just going to know, I'm going to, I'm going to keep track of this until it starts to change. They are all COVID tinged. All of it mm-hmm. is, am, am I going to be going back to work? Am, am I going to be furloughed? Um, what, is it possible for me to even get a job when I graduate? So a, a lot of this stuff is, am I going to, the person that I meet, is it going to consistent be long distance? So all of this stuff is very, very much tied into the experience of the pandemic. And so it's fascinating. Some of it's very heartbreaking. But it, it really speaks to the fact that we're all in this, in this together. 
whatever your question is about 2021, whether it's about love or money or whatever, everyone is dealing with the same set of circumstances, and that is the, the pandemic. Yep, pandemicsville. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. I mean, I just oh, yeah. want to get in there. That has been um, quite a thing. And I'll tell you, with the pandemic comes the um, involuted search for sociocultural novelty. You know, the search for sociocultural novelty is like little rootlets reaching out, you know, into the ground looking for sociocultural novelty. But when when one is in the um, quarantine phase, it's like the little roots being grown in a bottle. And you can see them all pressing up against the glass and eventually they curl in on each other. Yeah, I have probably spent... During this course of the last four days, I have spent um, probably 20-some hours watching YouTube videos about parrot training, okay? (laughs) (laughs) Just saying. Parrot training. Birdtricks.com. Check it out. Uh, A charismatic couple. and their little charismatic daughter, who's even more charismatic than they are, who are stage magicians who um, have um, a kind of an act where you um, make doves manifest. But they went beyond doves, and then it went into gala cockatoos, and now it's yellow and, and, and blue macaws, which are very, very, very large birds to make come out of your nowhere <laughs> and manifest in the middle of nothing. And um, yeah, and uh, and you know, and, and birds flying out over the audience and taking people's wedding rings, and and um, but they also do actual, you know, clinics and helping people who have um, distressed birds. So they are both a magic show with birds, and they are <clears throat> they kind of do for birds what we do for human clients. They kind of look into them and get a psychic fix on them. It's fascinating. <laughs> Anyway, at least I know I know that Dr. Jeremy Weiss, who's in the chat room right now, uh, look up David Da Vinci, and the man's name is not Da Vinci; it's Womack. But you can't do a bird act without having an Italian last name, right, Jeremy? Ain't that right? <laughs> you have to have an Italian last name if you're going to do a bird act. <laughs> so, because that's where those acts originated was in among street performers in Italy. So, yeah, he's David Da Vinci on stage. All right. Well, let's bring in our guest. Um, I'm telling you, pandemic makes you do funny things. I mean, i got a lot of cry- clients who are crying, but I'm watching bird videos. Okay? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, Doc Murphy, you have an Italian last name. She says that in the chat. Well, Doc Murphy, when are you going to start producing doves? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Today's special guest from air is Sister Girl. So welcome to the show, Sister Girl. Thanks. Welcome, Hi. Welcome. Yeah, nice well, to have yeah. you here. Oh yeah. So tell us what's going guys. on in your part of the world. Um give us the give us the update first and and what you're doing and um you know, how people can reach well, you and all that. You know, I'm taking lockdown pretty seriously. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm in Los Angeles, so we're all we're locked down again. And um, I'm I'm fostering adult cats now instead of kittens. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and I've been doing re- readings and and 
uh, candle work, root work. But um, I've, you mentioned before that um, people have been reaching out to you for yearly forecasts. I've been getting a lot of love readings and some money readings. A lot of people, even though everybody is aware of the pandemic, a lot of people just want sort of, I, I guess they want a distraction from it or it's forced them to think about their love life. Uh, that's what I've been mm. noticing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, uh, I'm happy to read about any of it. Uh, and so I've been, I've been on Hoodoo Psychics quite a lot. And I also have my website, sistergirlconjure.com. But mostly I've been taking this time, the last week, you know, I know last time I was on with you guys, I mentioned that I was feeling kind of down. You know, in the last week or so, I'm not feeling so down. I'm just sort of uh, taking this time to plan for the future because I think we're going to be in this for a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, just have to just plan for when we come out of this. Yeah. I know what you mean. I, I mean, this is, you know, now they're going to have a vaccine very soon. I hope I'm going to be in the in the first uh, few waves of it. I qualify at least for elderliness, if nothing else. But I know there's people who don't qualify uh, in any way, and, and yet they ought to, and we're just, we're going to have to stick with this until every last person gets vaccinated. So yeah. it's going to be a while. It's definitely Well, and a lot a of while. people are afraid of the vaccine. I mean, a lot of people don't want to take it. They want to wait. They don't, they, they, and, and I understand that fear, but I'm, I mean, I'll take it as soon as regular people can get it. Yeah, I want to take it as soon as possible, too, because I'm tired of being cooped up. I mean, my little rootlets are turning inward. I'm studying, you know, <laughs> green cheek conures. You know, I mean, no, seriously, I'm studying freaking green cheek conures now and, and budgies and, um, you know, Moluccan cockatoos. What the heck happened here? I've, I've gone stir-crazy, stir-crazy. I've gone mad, I tell you. <laughs> I was dreaming of these freaking macaws. I woke up. Um, Deacon Millet woke me up. We have our Sunday morning call at you know at nine o'clock in the morning. The phone rings and he goes, "What do you dream?" Because he knew I was asleep. He goes, "What are you dreaming?" And I'm dreaming of macaws. <laughs> Lord. Um, all right. I've been having some strange dreams too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Strange times. Strange dreams for strange times. COVID All right, well, we have a, a COVID fever <laughs> dreams, yeah. Um, so we have a topic. So let's get to our topic. Our topic is spell work with photographs. And I'm going to give a little intro like I always do for every topic. Intro is brief. Um, a lot of people think that spell work with photographs must be um, recent. Uh, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. because they're um, not really kind of understanding the history of humanity on this planet. So um, there are photographs that go back, you know, they became common around the Civil War. Oh, now they're going to go, what Civil War? When was the Civil War? Uh, Civil War, 1860 to 1865. But the taking of photographs really started to take off in the 1850s. And it actually started mm-hmm. a little before that. And there were different kinds of photographs, um, you know, tintypes, daguerreotypes, whatever, different um, methods of making the photograph appear but and making it appear on different surfaces, paper, metal, and so forth. But um, photographs existed. So what did people do before photographs? Well, one thing they did was they used people's shadows. 
And so anything that we tell you about photos can be done with a shadow, and um, or even a shadow of a, a photograph of a shadow. So by a shadow, I mean um, someone's walking along, and you talk to them, and you get them to stand, and you see where their shadow is, and you just kind of mark it out with your eyeballs. And when they move away, you can just take some dirt from that. Their shadow is resting there. Or if you're bold, you just bend down like you're going to, uh, you know, tie your shoe and grab a little dirt from their shadow while they're standing there casting the shadow. So that's a photograph as well. And before um, shadow magic, I don't know what, because that goes back to the Etruscans. So that's ancient. But there's also um, drawings, and people would make a drawing of somebody. A good, talented artist could make a drawing and make a spell using the drawing just as much as a photo. And in modern times, in addition to photos and snapshots, we also have the ability to use photo editing tools like Photoshop, which will allow us to composite photos and make new created photos. Having said all of that, let me turn it over to Sister Girl. Yeah, well, uh, that's really interesting about the history. You're always very knowledgeable about the history and stuff. But uh, I, I love to use photos with what with and it's for me. It's a type of personal concern because mm-hmm. I feel that just as you're known by your name, your birthday, your foot track. You know, you're also known by your by your image, by by the way you look. And so, mm-hmm. if a lot of times, and especially more and more these days, people may not have personal concerns, or if they do have them, it would take a week to get them, and then you'd have to deal with it. And I I find I know that hair and 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 different other personal concerns are stronger, considered stronger, but I find that photographs can be very effective. Um, you it, just yeah. said something really important. I want to I jump in and say absolutely yes. Um, when we make a nation sack for somebody or when we make a jackball, we ask them to send in you know, some personal concerns, hair, name on paper, things like that. Um, but the photo can be transmitted instantly. That's one of the most important things you just said is really what's given photo work more prominence now because of digital transmission. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, but uh, I like to put them in honey jars, uh, you know, a- along with the name paper and the herbs and the, you know, the pa- and, and the packet of herbs. Um, I like to put a picture in there. Um, mm-hmm. I I I like to use it with candle work because I find that it it aids it just it helps it just helps to show who who you're t- talking about and certain certain workings are very important. I mean, for me, the name and birthday is the main thing, but a picture is very is very good for certain types of work. Mm-hmm. Dr. Sweets asked the question in the, in the chat. It said that the photo is the weakest form of personal concerns. Actually, I it did not that. say that. I, I, oh, okay. What? Dr. Oh, I, I have that. heard that said, yeah. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I would say the weakest form of of concern is writing the person's name on paper yourself. What about you, Ollie? What do you think? Yeah, I I, I think if you have a person's name and their photo, you've got a fantastic link right there. And we're living in the best age when it comes to photos. We're living in the age where everyone's got an Instagram or a Facebook 
or something where their photos are available to the public that you can find. We're living in an era where you can manipulate photos using all sorts of digital technology. So when I hear a client, I don't have their photo, that, as for me as a reader, already tells me something. Same mm-hmm. thing oh, if yeah. you're working with, if you've got a person who's working on their ex and you go, okay, well, give me a photo when you all were together. I don't have a photo when we were together. That tells us something. These photos are, are captured moments in time. They're extraordinarily powerful and you can work with them to create powerful links and they themselves have all sorts of magic associated with them. I mean, one of the really cool old-timey spells involved with photos, and Kat, you can, you can talk to this, so it's, like, it's probably one of the, <laughs> an old an example of the development of the technology of the photograph, but also the development of the revolver, where you place a photo outside and you shoot the photo as an act mm-hmm. of harming that person. So we see yeah. photos used in hoodoo, for, for a long, long time. It's not just, oh, this is a post-2000 thing. No, they've been around for a while. And working with them, not just as a personal concern, but as an act of magic, is a very important aspect of hoodoo. Yeah. I'm going to say something. You mentioned the name on the, name on the photo, and I'm going to mention the birth date, um, mm-hmm. because yeah. the birth date is another link. And if you have the name and the birth date on the photo, that to me makes the photo stronger. But the strongest yeah. is a signed photo to yes. which you may add the birth date. In other words, if the person sent, gives you a photo saying, you know, all my love, John, well, gee, there's there's the photo with the signature on it. So there are ways of photo compositing these as well. Um, you know, you can, if you if you know how, get the person's signature off a check, off of a letter, off of whatever, and then you can um, photo composite that, put it against a transparent background, put it on the photo, and the, and add the birth date. Um, there are even people clever enough, and I guess I'm one of them, to create fonts based on people's handwriting. You can act, It's just a trip if you want to spend your time on it. So um, uh, Shiva calls it photo spell shopping. <laughs> I, I have to have a, give a word of caution, though, as someone who's made certain mistakes with um, – I want to caution, people tend to do work on people they don't know very well and they're not connected mm-hmm. to necessarily. Mm-hmm. And you can do that, and it may even work. However, you always stand the risk of and I'll, I'll, of ending up in the same room with someone and they look at you and say, why are you here? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you can actually hoodoo the hell out of something and create the situation you want. But if the person mm-hmm. doesn't feel that connection, you can't create that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so um, just, yeah. But it's not, but it's, in other words, you can create um, uh, 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 contact, but not always connection. And that goes back to something that I have said many, many times, and I'm going to say it again because it's a good topic to put it in. Um, When I do work for people or read for people using photos, I always say, send me a photo of yourself, photo of the person, and photo of the two of you together. Get me your birth date, their birth date. Mm -hmm. And they usually at that point go, oh, I don't know his birth date. And you've been living together how many years? 
You don't mm-hmm. even know his birthday, and you're telling me you've been together seven years, and now you had a fight, and you've been apart one year. Yeah, you're not going to get back together. And um, well, you don't have a photo of the two of you together? Well, you know, whatever. I mean, so there's a there's something as a professional root worker, and we deal a lot in this show with training the next generation of professional root workers, if they don't have a photo of their lover and themselves together, or if the only photo they have of the two of them together is drunk in a bar, then you know something about that relationship is not strong yet. And uh, Mm -hmm. you should undertake the root work accordingly. But I, yeah. Go ahead. I'm even talking about something a little less concrete than that like let's say someone they've taken a shine to someone and they know the person's name and they know their birthday and they've gotten a picture off of facebook this one of my clients um worked a situation and worked the situation uh, about somebody that she really really wanted and it turns out the guy invited her to meet him in hawaii for a vacation she was mm-hmm. like wow i just wanted to have dinner with you but okay she showed up in hawaii and it was quite awkward, but, you know, after a day or so, he just sort of says, this is awkward. <laughs> you know, I don't mm-hmm. know why I invited you. So she got what she wanted. She got to be with the guys she wanted, but he wasn't, he he didn't, he didn't really know why she was there. And so that's the caution. You can do these things. You can work something. You can create a situation. But just be careful that you even know the person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm going to throw in something. I, think... I just typed it. I typed it in the chat room, but I want to uh, speak about it too. Photos taken in a mirror can be really a mess. If you have mm-hmm. two photos of um, people, one taken in a mirror and the other not, you cannot figure out their handedness without asking, and then you've got to take that photo and reverse it. The the the, the messed up photo. If they're all taken in mirrors, you just still have to reverse them because uh, handedness, especially in doing photopsychometry, but also in doing root work on people, you want to make sure that you understand dominant handedness of the people. Just saying, you know, Mm because if I say Mm -hmm. put this in your right hand and you're left-handed, right, that doesn't the same thing that if I say put this in your left hand and you're right-handed, right? Your offhand, your dominant hand have meaning. And so nowadays with all of these pictures taken in mirrors or reverse selfies or whatever you want to call them, it's really a trip. Now, if they're wearing words on their t-shirt, you can tell, but many times they're not and you can't tell. So you have to Mm -hmm. ask. That has been one of the biggest stumbling blocks for me for digital transmission of photos. Also, you, you, um, uh, have, sometimes have difficulty. You're looking at one photo of somebody, and they just say they got a droopy side of one face, and their whole eye, face is drooped, and it's the right side of their face. And in the next photo, they're drooped on the left side. You know that one of those photos is backwards. You got to find out from your client which it is. Yeah. What's yeah. the meaning of and the it, left and right? I didn't know that. Ah, well, it would have to do with ha- with their handedness, whether it's the, um, you know, whether which side of their brain has been affected, like if they had a stroke or if they have Bell's palsy. These are all going to have meaning to whether it's on their dominant side or their or their res- not recessive, their um, off side, their do- non-dominant mm-hmm. side. Um, in other words, a person who's had a stroke and their face is drooping on the right side, you, very likely they'll have weakness in their right hand and in their right foot. You have to ask the person, are we dealing with this or not? Sometimes they don't even know. They go, well, yeah, I did notice that, but I didn't. I just did a reading for uh, um, someone who had um, ancestors 
and um, sent me photos of the ancestors. These are great, great, great. Um, the woman is totally spot on, looking right at the camera in Victorian clothes. She was an herbalist. She's a powerful lady. The man has um, half of his face in shadow because of the way the picture was taken, half in light. But the half that's in light is all drooped down. His eyelid is sunken down. His, it's like he has Bell's palsy. The side that's slightly in shadow, if you cover the side that's in the light that's all deformed looking, he's looking straight at you. And you get him saying, I am so angry this happened to me. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. He's like, he's a, he's a farmer. He's a go-getter. He still wants you to know he's strong. But damn it, you know, this has disfigured him. Um, and it has changed his temperament somewhat, too. So, yeah, you can see a lot of things that way from... Um, what you're getting, but it's his offside. Mm-hmm. He was right-handed, so it's his offside that has been affected. So he still has a lot of courage and get up and go in his right dominant side. Mm-hmm. It's just a, it's Good. just a thing. It's it's not only just photo reading, but working with those photos. Um, handedness um, is also important. If you tell someone to prepare their hand to shake someone's hand. Now, most people will shake with their right even if they're left-handed. But if you're in bed with someone or if you want to convey something with oil from your hand to their hand, you want to know which hand is their dominant hand. Just saying, you know. It's mm-hmm. important mm-hmm. to know that. There are two other considerations to, to be aware of when you're working with photos. First and foremost, not all photos are the same. There is a gradation of intimacy. The more intimate the photo, the stronger the link that you have. Um, if it's a photo, for example, at a, on a professional website, it's different from the photo of you two together in bed or you two together on a date. So there, there is gradations of intimacy when it comes to photos, and that provides different types of links and different ways of influencing a person. The other thing to consider is the quality of the photo itself. And I don't mean the actual digital quality. I mean, what does the photo convey? If you were doing love work and that's a photo of a person when they're angry, that says something, that does something, that has an effect on your particular work. So one of the things I often tell my clients when I am doing love work is find a photo of when you two were happy together of a happy memory Mm -hmm. and work with that photo. Because the photo, again, is capturing not just the person's essence, but the essence of that particular moment. And so be aware of the quality of the photo that you're working with. If it's a picture that you associate with, with anger and hurt, that's not the photo you want to be working with for love work or reconciliation work. So there's some considerations to take into mind when you're doing work with photos. Mm-hmm. So we've got a bunch of stuff going on in the chat, and I'm going to try to catch this up real quick. Um, Nagashiva uh, kind of started this um, talking about um, working with photos. And uh, so um, what he, he put in was um, uh, stuff about uh, burning um, photos mm-hmm. on incense, mm-hmm. putting in photos under candles, uh, putting oils on photos. I never put oils on photos. It's useless. It's just gunks about putting powders on photos yes i do photos as petitions well i wouldn't call them petitions but i would call them papers upon which petitions can be written and drawn if you look um for instance in some of the books we've published like um 
oh my gosh, uh, who to return reconciliation spells. There are a number of ways to use photos in petition papers or as petition papers. Uh, Shiva wrote frying up photos. Yep, um, that's a good one. And um, Evan said putting them under candles and burning them. Yep. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And um, freezing them, says Doc Murphy, boiling them to pulp, then freezing them. So these are different types of spells, if you know about freezer spells. If you don't, just go to um, uh, the book Bottle Up and Go, or you can go to the uh, webpage luckymojo.com forward slash freezer dot html and um, you don't even need to boil them to a pulp like Doc Murphy says you can also just wet them I often will wet photos with um, alum water for instance if I want someone Mm -hmm. to uh, shut up and then I will freeze it Um, so photos can are very amenable to being used that way photos can also be used as packet coverings so um, you can um, put herbs in them and stuff like that wet them and um, and then put them in the freezer with the herbs in them so they become the wrapping. You can some people still like to use aluminum foil because they just like aluminum foil so much, but you know, but you can also put a packet like that that's folded up inside of a honey jar. And Evan mm-hmm. talked about um putting a, a, a papers in a smoothie. So this goes to something that Lucianos taught us at a at a uh, Hoodoo Heritage Festival a number of years ago. He did it for two years running, and I've mentioned it before on the radio show. It was called um, Drink Your Sins, Drink Your Prayers. Mm-hmm. And uh, he prepared different um, bottles with different uh, herbs in them for different types of sins and also for different types of redemptions or prayers. And then you wrote out on a paper what your sin was, and you um, poured onto it the liquids. You then drank the liquid. You could also eat the roll up the paper and just eat it. Then you had a, um, a petition for your redemption or your prayer, and you would then do the same thing with some prayer herbs in that he had distilled into these um, liquids, and you did it. It was a wonderful, a wonderful way of working. It's like working with teas, but he was using alcohol-based. Um, liquids and uh, herb-based teas. It was kind of a combination, depending on what the sin and what the prayer was. Anyway, it was very, very effective. And uh, and names on papers are um, sufficient. Photos are sufficient. Um, and, of course, uh, you can use edible paper, very thin paper. And you can also mm-hmm. make sure you want to use an edible ink when you write on it. Mm-hmm. I like to uh, even put a photo in, like, say, if you're going to make a doll, a poppet or something, and bind somebody, bind it up and throw it away. If you if you have a picture of the person that you're working on, I like that. Um, I find that can be an identifier. Mm-hmm. Hmm. One of the oldest reconciliation spells involves one of the, I should say, one of the oldest photo <laughs> reconciliation involves really simple working, like placing the photo of the person on uh, your headboard so that they are thinking of you or dreaming of you. The other one is placing the photo under a glass of water and placing the glass of water next to your bed. These are all very simple ways of doing work with photos, with prayer, with intention, to get the person to start to dream of you, to think of you, and to desire to return back to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's um, 
Oh, we got, yeah, the drink your sins thing, says Evan. Good, I'm glad you got some some notice of that. Lucianus really deserves a lot of praise for uh, designing that work. So photos um, are also used to write um, on, not just using the back of the photo to write a petition, but people will also draw on the photo, Xing out the Mm -hmm. eyes if you don't want someone to see, drawing stitches across the mouth if you don't want someone to talk. And, um, of course, you can also... Um, put hearts all around it like a little halo if you want someone to show love. So working with the photo as an art project is another way to go. And you can, um, in the past, I have used finger paints to um, color and enhance um, a photo of somebody. I've also used Prang watercolor paints. And uh, anything like that will serve because your artistry in modifying the photo becomes important. For instance, let's say you're the outside lover of some person who's married and says they're going to get divorced. You get a picture of the two of them together off of social media, and now you begin to black out his wife. And um, mm-hmm. you might, you know, you start by graying her out a little bit, and you just keep on going until she's gone. And then you, you don't just, I mean, you could also just cut them to part, make a breakup spell. But if you want them to, you know, he says, no, really, we're separating, we're getting a divorce. You don't need to go all pinking shears on it. You just start graying her out, blacking her out. Or you can um, start drawing over her, you know, her little ideas of, you know, like words like doubt, you know, um, should I stay or should I go? And then you can cut her away, and that leaves him. And then you're going to have to join his photo to your photo. And if possible, try to pose, if you're smart, try to pose a photo where you are in the same position relative to him that was on that other photo. Don't tell him why. Just want to take a photo of us in front of the giant elephants at Disneyland. Why not? And um, and then you put your photo in where her photo was. Mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of writing on the photos themselves, uh, particularly across a person's face. If I'm trying to influence them. Uh, I'll write, for example, a command on their forehead. When I use that photo as a petition paper or as a personal link, it's a way of really driving home what I want them to do. So, for example, love me or shut up or obey, something across their forehead. And if you're really angry, Rather than write on the back of the photo, you can write on the front of the photo, writing your petition all across the photo, covering it entirely with your command, uh, forcing them to hear and obey you. I've done it where I've used mirror writing on their forehead back in the days when we had these mirror selfies. So I would do it in mirror writing, and then I would Mm -hmm. hold it up to a mirror, right? So I like to say I say... um, uh, I want to increase someone's doubt was a word I used previously. Um, and I would just write doubt on their forehead backwards. Mm-hmm. Then I hold their photo up to the mirror and I say, every time you look in the mirror, this is what you see. And it's the word yeah, doubt it's and it's forwards, right? Yes. Yeah. Fantastic, fantastic, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and sometimes if you're doing reconciliation work, there is a school of thought uh, where you have, you know, the two people who you want to reconcile, you write the opposite names on the opposite photos so that they'll be drawn together. So they'll see there's themselves mm-hmm. and the other person. I like that. Mm-hmm. That's good. Yeah. Opposite name on the opposite photo. Um, 
Yeah. So burning uh, photos yeah. is another fantastic way of working if you want to really bring pressure onto a person. Slowly singeing the photo. Let's say you have a person that you want to do what you you know you want them to do what you want, um, but you want to add a little bit of pressure. You can take that photo and very carefully you singe it on an essence of bend over candle or a, a command candle. You want to make sure that you don't burn it entirely. Just slightly singe so and so. You're feeling that heat. And you let it kind of burn and it's make sure that it doesn't go all the way. And then you kind of repeat this over a period of time, really singeing around the, the edges, bringing the heat, bringing the pressure onto the person gradually. Mm-hmm. Now, you can also glue photos to dolls, like little cloth mm-hmm. dolls. You just can either cut out the face or if you have a photo of the person standing, uh, you can use that as sort of a silhouette, you know, cut that out silhouette form and glue it on a cloth doll. It's very convenient, very easy way to work. Don't have it be too big. You don't want to make giant dolls, but it's a good way to go. And if you have the just the face, you just glue that on. Use um, some kind of flexible glue. Don't, you know, fabric glue is a good one. That's great. That's Anybody? great. Yeah, Doug Murphy. Doug Murphy mentioned here uh, photo box spells. Yeah, these are really fantastic. They're kind of the reversal of, of mirror boxes in order to get someone to really pay attention to you. Uh, some people prefer boxes. I actually prefer a jar in which I hang the photo of a person. I put them back-to-back, the same photo, so that they're back-to-back glued on a string that hangs from the inside of the mason jar. And wrapped around on the outside of the mason jar is the photo of my client. So that wherever that person turns, they will be thinking about my client. It's a way of really kind of driving home the idea that everywhere you turn, you'll see them. Every smell you smell, you'll smell them. Everything you hear will remind you of them. It's a really fantastic way of kind of using proxy magic with photos and and driving home that influence wherever they turn. Yeah, this uh, this uh, I think it was called a vision of you is what we called that mm-hmm. one. Um, um, and um, of course, you don't have to do them for love. Um, you can also do them for um, contempt or whatever. For instance, oh, yeah. um, you can you can put uh, the photo of the person inside the jar, hanging from you know from a little string that goes through the lid and is held in place by a coffin nail, and um, and then you have pictures of you pointing and accusing. <laughs> and on the and on the bottom, pardon my language, on the bottom you take a photo of your asshole. You know, it's like that's what you're gonna see. <laughs> Kiss my ass. <laughs> that's really good. Something we haven't yeah. mentioned, um, and and I'd like to see if both of you do this as well, is using photos of places. So one of the ways of using a photo as a personal concern is of a place. If let's say you want to influence a particular block or you want to influence a particular house or you want to influence an office or a police station, you can work with logos. It's a common way of doing it. You can work with the name of that company. But taking a photo of the place is another way. We've talked about, for example, gathering uh, dirt from the places in, in previous episodes. But taking a photo of that place as a personal concern can also work. So something to consider is that photos don't just have to be about people. They can be of places as well, which you can influence through the photo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, photos of places are very important. Um, and again, I think I've mentioned this, you know, not too in the distant past. Um, if you want to get a job at a certain place, take a photo of yourself by the logo of the building and so forth. 
Yeah, I like that. You especially if you're if there's some a place you want to purchase or a place you want to, you know, do protect or you know, like a house or something. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. It, there's um. There are is a tradition of using ancestor photos too. Can you speak to that, sister girl? The only thing that I know about that is using it for to kind of uh, revere the ancestors. Like the, the, if you have photos of relatives that have passed away, you can put them on, you know, a, 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 a special place in your house, and you can burn candles and give them libations and, and, and that sort of thing, just to give them respect. That that's as far as I know. Oh, because I'm going to tell you, I know, I know a bunch more than. Um, uh, you can take um, photos of the ancestors, and I've seen these composited, and I'm sure others have too. They were very popular in Victorian times, where the dead were. They didn't. They didn't call it Photoshop then. They actually used um, emulsion, emulsion sliding. It is a technique of photocompositing, and or sometimes it would be photos that would be cut out, and then the whole thing would be rephotographed. Um, of the ancestors watching over somebody, and mm-hmm. so these would be protective ancestor photos. And there, there are n- numerous examples of them, mostly now held in museums. There, um, the uh, angel type double exposure photos, yeah, and yeah. Um, and and the dead as double exposures, ghosts as double exposures, and in particular, uh, during uh, World War One, there was a um, where family would have a missing family member, they wouldn't know if he was alive or dead. Last seen in Gallipoli, who knows where he is, you know, and um, and they would take a photo and um, composite him into the family photo as if he was there. Now you're here, right? And in some cases, they didn't even have a photo of him in uniform, and they would take a photo of a person in uniform, composite his face into it, um, and so now he's uh, you know shown in his wore uniform as a standing member of the family unit. So very, very common magical work that was done for the family's benefit. The way I've been taught is that if you're going to do anything with photographs of people that have passed on, you don't want to use photographs that include people that are still living. Because yeah, that's because you come sort- from an ATR. Right. Yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, go ahead and finish what you were saying. Mm-hmm. No, that's just the tradition there. They don't do that. Yeah, it is not the tradition in Hoodoo. In Hoodoo, ancestors are included um, in these photos all the time. And sometimes, like I said, it's double exposures. And um, this ATR thing of not including ancestors in with the living, I don't know when it it was invented because, of course, photos came to Africa and to Afro-Caribbean religions at some specific time whatever but um it when they came to a black american christian world they did not come with this prescription against uh, including ancestors and what it was explained to me by some atr members is the idea that the ancestors will call them and take them quite the opposite among my christian friends the ancestors will protect them the ancestors will watch over them and it's particularly fortuitous to find an ancestor who favors you who or who the child favors um, and in and there are cases of, um, like, say, a grandmother dies while the 
grandchild is still in the womb, and the grandchild will never be able to be held by a grandmother. And so a photo of the grandmother is taken with the photo of the mother and the baby. And the grandmother is comped in, is what they used to call it in in, uh, graphic design. The grandmother is comped in so that now the baby will be raised with a photo showing grandma there, even though grandmother couldn't be there. Yeah, very, Mm -hmm. very common. And it is absolutely the exact opposite of what you see in the ATRs. ATRs have a real fear of of having those ancestor photos. Well, it doesn't. It doesn't come from Africa, the African branch. It comes mm-hmm. more from the the Spanish Spiritismo kind of um, yes. tradition. Mm-hmm. So I mm-hmm. don't exactly know where it came from, but it's it is something that's passed on. Yeah, photos of an ancestor holding a, a photos photos of an ancestor holding a baby, and then after they've passed on, are particularly fortuitous. So if a person, if, for example, a great-grandmother was alive when the baby was around, but then passed on when the baby became a child or an adult, that photo, that memory, which they may not have, but the record of the ancestor holding the child is considered uniquely blessed. And so you'll often find on what we call ancestral altars, um, but really are just kind of spaces where people keep the family Bible and images. They're generally the most prominent photo in African-American households. So generally by the front door or on a mantelpiece, you'll find the images of the ancestors, some form of family Bible that's been passed down, you know, from, from generation to generation, various trinkets, almost always some type of statue of an angel. Very, very common, mm-hmm. right? These little statues of angels. And then that image of the ancestor holding the child, either from when they were actually holding the child or because, as Kat mentioned, some form of composite photo, almost always very prominent because the idea is that they were a protector in life and now they're a protector in the afterlife and they will keep watch over that child as that child grows up. Um, Grateful Diana has a question because we kind of drifted a a bit aside in the chat um, that the ATRs also prohibit um, uh, um, images of deities and ancestors in the bedroom. And uh, the question was, why? And Grateful Diana said, is it because of modesty and ancestors watching in the bedroom? I believe it is so, and I believe it comes from the Catholic. It's not African. I, I, in other words, I believe it's it's ATR, but it's more ADR, African diasporic religion, and I do believe it comes from Catholic anti-sexuality. Mm. Just saying. I should, we should point out that there is a there's a sort of related tradition to this, the idea that, and this is a slightly darker working of crossing, that you can steal a person's blessing by taking a photo from their house. So this is a very old trick that if you want to double cross somebody and you go over to their house, they don't know you're an enemy or they don't know that you're doing sneaky work, you steal a small photo. Um, either of them or them with their family or them at a particularly happy place, and then use that as a personal concern for any type of working you do. So this is, a, this is you not taking a picture from online. This is not you finding a photo. This is you actually going to their home and stealing the photo. That's a way of mm-hmm. uh, stealing someone's blessing and then using that photo and sort of crossing work and cursing work. Well. I want to speak a little bit to that whole thing about the the bedroom thing. Well, it's it's for a couple of reasons from what I know. Uh, is one, um, the, the bedroom is where you're going to be resting, and if you've got a lot of spiritual activity in your room, you may not be able to rest if you're spiritually sensitive. 
also you do lots of things in your bedroom like be naked and have sex and you and and when you have ancestral stuff in your house in the APR tradition or in the diaspora tradition you wouldn't have sex in front of your grandmother i don't care how modern and free you are so it's oh, like I you would. wouldn't do that I in mean, front of your dead. altar <laughs> Well, oh, oh, no, 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 but no, I no, no. Was we're considering it. We're considering it that they're actually like they're there. Yeah, so I get all. that. I get that, and and I and I don't think that we're talking two we're talking two different languages here. For instance, if I wanted to have a child that bore a resemblance to my great grandmother or my grandmother, um, I would call her in. And in fact, among people who believe in reincarnation, they often will actually specifically have sex in an attempt to have a baby that calls in the spirit of the dead. So, well, yeah, it's not. It's the really difference. This, it's the difference between calling the spirit in and actually having an image there with you. That's what. That's what I think. Um. Yeah, I know you think that. I I agree. We we I agree. We disagree. <laughs> yeah. Um. I in the Chinese in the Chinese um. Uh, sacred sex work uh, the uh, ancestor family altar is at the north the um, the uh, at the south is a view of the of the landscape so that you have the, the real world at your south at the the ancestors and their photos and all their mementos are at the north and then on the east you have the male uh, family line and the male deities and on the west you have the female line and the female the deities, and that is how it's done. And they don't say, "Oh, you can't have those ancestors on the north." They want them there. They want them there. So mm-hmm. again, these are each different cultures. And um, again, I'm not saying one is right or one is wrong. Follow the culture that your heart, you know, puts you in, and um, understand it. You can also be someone who doesn't agree with every part of that culture. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, that's that's how we get these fabulous schisms that create even ever more religions. But um, the idea of the photos, let's just go back to the photos. So if you feel awkward having photos of your ancestors in your bedroom, what do you do if you live in a one-room shack? You can't have photos of your ancestors at all? That's a question for you, Sister Girl. The idea, what you do then is you would either have a little screen where you, where you uh, screen it off, uh, or you put a white sheet over. Okay. Yeah, All right. See now, among it, Jews, yeah. if among Jews, if you put a sheet over, <laughs> it's just like you know, ah, I'm going no, no. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if Jeremy is going hearing this too. No, no, you wouldn't put a sheet over it. My God, that would cut them off. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, well that's, think, that's a totally different it, tradition. Yeah, I yeah, think, different traditions. It just speaks to the different relationship that people have to the dead. Some have uh, a slightly more contained relationship, some have a little bit more open one. But the point here is that in all of these traditions, the idea is that the photo of the ancestor is a link to the ancestor, that it's something mm-hmm. you can use. If you have an ancestor's name, great. If you have an ancestor's photo, even better. Place that on an ancestral altar. It's a way of really connecting to them. And one of the great things, again, about living in the 21st century is that you now have access to all sorts of records which we didn't have in the past, whether it's, you know, county records or ancestry.com or whatnot, where you can find these photos and then place them on your ancestral altars. Um, finding, you know, a photo of your, of your ancestor who was, a, you know, a, a Union soldier during the Civil War or who was a riveter or whatnot. These are really great ways of making connections to those spirits. 
Well, and also, you know, it's not that you would turn pictures around because sex is shameful or embarrassing. It's, it, it, there's a lot of energy with sex. It's very strong energy. And you just, you want to be careful of the strong, the strong energies that you're putting in a place where you also want to rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that was an interesting end of that conversation. And there was our music. So we're going to go to our reading. So let me turn this over to Evan. Absolutely. Stay tuned. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Root Work Hour with your host, Catherine Ironwood, Conjurman, and this week's special guest, Sister Girl, will be right back. Support for this program is provided by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and located online at luckymojo.com, and by the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers, AIR, a directory of ethical and authentic conjure practitioners, located online at readersandrootworkers.org. And by Hoodoo Psychics, the first psychic line run entirely by Hoodoo practitioners. Receive a reading with a trusted root worker instantly. Call 1-888-4-HOODOO or visit hoodoopsychics.com. And by the Crystal Silence League, a free online prayer service of the Association of Independent Spiritual Churches, located online, crystalsilenceleague.org. Now it's time to go to the phones and talk to our clients. Our client today is Kayla, calling from area code 570. Kayla, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hi, Kayla. Thank you for trusting us with your situation today. And it doesn't appear that you've ever had a reading with either our guest or Conjurman or Miss Cat. Is that correct? Correct. Perfect. Thank you so much. I'm going to go ahead and read a brief synopsis of your situation before turning it over to our host. Kayla writes, Okay. I'm... Okay, perfect. Thank you. Um, I'm going through some legal issues that have taken place for over five years. What does the future have in store for me? I was wondering if there were any blocks or curses or other unseen issues I might not be aware of. What are your insights about my situation, and how do you think I should proceed? Turning it over to you, Ms. Kat. All right, Kayla. All right. So um, I'm going to ask a couple of questions. Uh, two Two questions. What is your sign of the zodiac? Um, I'm a Libra. A Libra. Oh, that's good for law, good for legal things. Um, I guess I have three questions. About how old are you? Uh, 32. Oh, good. So you're past your Saturn return. This is why this has been going on for a while, and you might be getting, you know, done with it. And... um, the third question, and this is important, I think, for the, for us as far as our understanding and reading, is this a criminal matter or a civil matter? Uh, it was criminal. Criminal matter. All right. That makes a difference in terms of the kind of spell work we're going to recommend and, um, you know, what, what we're going to go through here. All right. I'm going to turn this over to... Uh, Conjurman to do your first reading, then we'll have Sister Girl do your second reading, and I will give you some root work advice. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Kat. Uh, Kayla, what is, when is your next court date for this for this criminal matter? Is it coming up? Um, it's in a couple months. Yeah. <laughs> it's in a couple months. Okay. So the reason I ask mm-hmm. this is because 
When I cast a geomantic chart, we can divide up the year uh, to see which part of the year looks better than the other. It's a way we divide it up actually into three parts. Um, and the beginning part of your year is actually a little bit rougher. And so this might speak to that core issue. We have Rubius, which is the cup overturned. And this is an indication of, of things getting, taking a turn for the worse, of an upset that is happening in the beginning portion of your year. And why it's significant is because the reverse figure of this is Albus, which is the figure of justice. So an injustice or something working against you, this is a very clear sign that whatever you do, you need to do court case work and court case work immediately in order to address this because the beginning portion of your year is very, very difficult. It will come with upsetting news and things taking a turn for the worse. This may be related to an, to an ally or your lawyer or your representative or a witness, but there's a third party involved here that there will be a sudden reversal with this third party which will have a deep impact on you and will actually end up working in a way that that's not favorable for you. So be aware of this at the beginning. Is 2021 comes out with a real hit here. And really early on, you're going to find some very upsetting news. That does not mean that you're sort of doomed. We have Fortuna Minor as the ultimate result, meaning that you can be victorious, but you're going to require outside aid. You're going to have to bring on someone who will assist you with this. You can't just do this work on your own. And you must also be aware, and this is where we have to kind of uh, manage a little bit of expectations, that there's only so much you can do. So if you're guilty, for example, or if this is something that you've done, you need to work with clemency work. You need to do work with things like sumac and whatnot in order to achieve some level of leniency or clemency. That's what Fortuna Minor speaks to. The ability to affect some change without having total victory. So it's considered the small fortune or the small victory here. There is a sense of, of loss here. You may end up not getting everything that you want. You might not be as successful as you hoped for, but there is some wiggle room here. And it's within that wiggle room that you want to bring in your ally to help you so that you are successful, at least to a certain degree. The final figure that we have here is a miso. A miso is an indication of some type of emotional loss or relationship loss, uh, and an indication that this will have an impact on your immediate surroundings. So I'm not sure if you're in a relationship or a friendship or whatnot, but there's some loss here in regards to the relationships themselves. So we see a sort of double header here. You have the uh, beginning portion of the year, which is really around this sort of legal matter, suddenly taking a turn in a way that you hadn't hoped for, and then the end, or, end portion of the year having some difficulties in regards to um, uh, friendships, relationships, etc. There's some type of loss associated with this. All of this is to say that 2021 is a difficult year, a challenging year. That's not to say that you're doomed to have a horrible year and there's nothing you can do about it. There is some wiggle room with that Fortuna Minor, but you're going to have to start working towards a better year, starting with court case work and doing something to really set the tone for 2021. Something, for example, on New Year's Eve, some type of working that'll help to kind of really change the tone of the entire year. Oh, bring in some good things, bring in some allies, help you to be successful where you can, and also to mitigate some of this damage to ensure that you can sort of avoid 
uh, the, the hurt and the loss that's, that's sort of coming your way in 2021. So a little bit more challenging of a reading than we had hoped for, but know that there are things you can do in order to address it. So this is what I see here. I'm going to turn this over to Sister Girl, and then Miss Kat is going to give you some root work recommendation. Okay, thank you. Oh, hi. So um, I didn't get the same uh, info that, that uh, Congressman Ali got, but I wanted to ask you this. Are you someone who works for yourself? Are you, are you independent? Are you, um, on the, a kind of, are you a nurse at all or any kind of thing like that? I got um, I'm a whole health care worker. Okay, so I got the nine of coins, so that is you. That represents you. It's a woman there who is an independent woman. Uh, and some and a nurturing woman, so that makes sense to me. Um, the next card out that I got was the Ace of Coins, and then I got the Hermit, which is telling me that uh, I do see things working out in terms of this court case in your favor, justice being served. However, right now you you, you don't see it, and you may not. The the decision may come to you all of a sudden. The Nine of Coins indicates that that. You know, you may be just doing your own thing, and then you get the the decision comes to you, it's sent to you, or it's told to you. Um, I then the the fourth card out here is the the heart of the issue here is the star card, which is also saying that what you hope for, things can work out. However, I would actually recommend you do a spiritual bath. Uh, maybe Miss Cat has some ideas for what kind of a bath. Um, Whenever I get the star card, because this is a woman bathing, I always think, oh, a, a spiritual bath would help here. Um, I don't. I think. I don't think that the decision will be justice will be served. I think it will be in your favor. It may not be exactly what you expected or what exactly is norm. What is usual uh, uh-huh. for? Pardon. Go ahead. Sorry. It may, it may not be. It may not turn out the usual way things like this turn out. Um, but I think it will. It will. It will turn. I mean, justice will be served. That's what I think. Okay. Okay. Um, Thank you. All right. So we do have a bit of a, what we call a hard reading here because it's not. Uh, things are not showing up as. Oh, this is all going to be okay. Um, I am going to ask a couple of questions. Do you have a good lawyer at this time? Um, no. It's you have no state-provided lawyer. State-provided lawyer. Okay. So this may be what um, Conjurman was seeing when he was saying things that there was a um, uh, there was a, a third party involved who was not advantageous. Yes. And yep, there it is. That's where it is. Um, if you can in any way afford um, a, a paid lawyer, I would recommend it because when as soon as he said that, I got a bad. I just got one of those sinking feelings, um, and it's been going on now for a while. And this is not good for you. You know, it's put your life on hold a bit. You know what I'm saying? Right. Now, I'm, I'm going to take what both of the readers said into consideration and um, put together some ideas for you. And I'm going to just throw these at you. I don't want to get into the details of your case because I don't want you to have to reveal things you don't want to reveal. But let's just uh-huh. talk about some. If there are, then do this, okay? So um, okay. If, if there are uh, witnesses who may speak against you, 
I want you to make a sugar jar or honey jar uh, and put the witnesses' names and their photos, if you can, in that sugar or honey. So the way to do that would be to get their photo if you can get it, get their name if nothing else, and um, you're going to put them into a jar with sugar. And if you can go to a grocery store or something and get um, a whole vanilla bean, you can sometimes buy them. If not, just put a drop of vanilla flavoring into the sugar, stir it in. And also a little bit of, uh, just a little bit of cinnamon, just a little bit, and just a little bit of um, instant coffee. Um, That's to pep them up. Cinnamon heats the thing up. Vanilla makes them sweet. And you can add a couple. uh, Sometimes uh, you can put in a little cocoa powder, too. That also makes them sweet and loving. But don't make it too dark. You know, you would make it no darker than you would sprinkle on to make uh, cinnamon toast, right? Just a little bit of those things, mostly sugar. Okay. And you're going to put your put a little layer of that in. Put their names in. Put them a little. Put the rest of it on top. Then you're actually going to make cinnamon toast. I mean, you're going to actually be eating this off of their names. Okay. And if you have their photos, so much okay. better. These are witness. These are witnesses. You can also put in to this uh, cinnamon or honey or sugar, whatever. I like sugar for this particular purpose. You can also put in a little bit of. Um, uh, powdered ginger, if you want to. It's good for court cases. Just a tiny bit, just a little bit. It's going to be a little spicy. And you can um, put in the names of the uh, prosecutors, if there's a, you know, the district attorney or whoever, the different people you know. And you're going to put in the judge. And you're going to ask everyone to be good to you and your own lawyer. Everyone that you call their name and you say, no, treat me with favor and respect. Treat me well. Okay? And if you have a court date coming up, you're going to use this jar. Let's say you have it's a jar, an open, uh, you know, but you want a lid on it because you don't want ants to get in. So you're going to put a candle in it, and you can burn the candle, just a little a candle, like a tea light, or it could be a little um, a little birthday candle. If the wax gets in, just pull the wax out. It's not going to hurt you. And um, you light a little candle, not a big one now. Now we're not talking about big old glass jar candles. Light a little candle in that thing, burn it, and then make yourself a little tea, put a little of the sugar in the tea or the coffee, if you make coffee, or put it on cinnamon toast, and you eat it. And you say, you know, um, may my words prevail over their words, because you're eating them. You see what I'm saying? You're eating up all Uh their words. But they're also, their words are going to be sweet, so the sweetness will be in your mouth. When you go in, um, if, if you believe, and I and I do feel that there's a problem here because of what Ali said about clemency work, that, that he thinks that you may not get the best deal here. You want to get some sumac berries. And sumac berries are, they come from a sumac bush, and um, they're little red berries. You can buy them at, online. Lucky Mojo sells them. Other places sell them. They're not expensive at all. Sumac berries. And if you feel that you're coming up on this date and you don't feel you're making a lot of progress here, I'd like you to put a few sumac berries. They're edible. And you can put the sumac berries in there. They're for mercy of the court. Now, on the nine days before the court case, you're going to have nine little brown candles. That's what you're going to burn on your, your sugar jar. And you can burn them on the lid if you'd rather not put them in the sugar. Some people just stand them right in the sugar. Some people put a lid on and stand them on the lid. For nine days, you're going to burn those brown candles. If you have court case oil, you're going to dress it with that. If you don't have court case oil, just dress it with some holy oil and pray for justice. And you're going to pray for Psalms 35. Um, and um, 
you know, it's going to be for for people to help you for you know, and um, so those are some of the things that I recommend. You can also go to the Lucky Mojo um, uh, webpage on court cases, and there's a lot of information there of different other spells. Anybody else have anything to add to this? I think I think that's fantastic. Yeah, if you're if you're working with with sumac berries, it's it's really fundamental to get a little bit of leniency there. Um, I really highly recommend that you do some type of work in order to draw an ideal lawyer or representative for you. You can do this with a, a, a candle that you anoint with attraction oil. Underneath, you will write down your pe- a petition very clearly. I need a lawyer who is eloquent, who is fierce, who will be a champion for my cause. A lot of times, a sort of state-provided lawyer, they're overworked, they're exhausted, they're not your best representative. You want someone who feels passionately and is going to be a genuine advocate for you. So part of the sort of complementing work here should be about drawing in an ideal lawyer for yourself, drawing in a perfect representative or advocate. Um, and that's going to that's gonna be crucial here for your success of it. And if possible, try to find it. And if you can't afford it, then start, start looking at, you know, various organizations and foundations and whatnot who might be able to provide some type of assistance. Again, so we, again we don't know the details of your case. But you, you really need to put an effort to finding an advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. And dearest tongue is used to get your advocate to speak on your behalf, or if you're going to testify to make your words good. So let's let's talk a little bit about that um, in terms of court case products. I don't know what your timeline is or what your finances are. The Air Pro Bono Fund, by the way, if you apply to it, we give out free court case um, uh, spiritual supplies to those who know how to use them and want to use them. Um, because often they are unable to get their own, so you might want to apply to the Air Pro Bono Fund. So, um, okay. if you if you um, want a mojo, for instance, you'd want a court case mojo, and usually in those it would be a good thing to put in what's called a little John to chew or the court case root. Now, court case root, I mentioned putting a little bit of ginger powder in your sugar. That's because to get to get you to get powdered court case root, court case little john is a little more difficult. You can buy it. You can find it under the name Gal and Gal, and uh, sometimes known as Asian brown ginger. But white ginger, which is Jamaican ginger, or uh, that'll work. And if in a pinch, you can use turmeric also. That was a joke, a pinch. Haha. <laughs> um, powdered turmeric will also work. They're all in the ginger family. I hope somebody got the joke. Um, and. Um, there's also grains of paradise, which is also in the ginger family. It's the seeds of a different African ginger plant, and it's very common to um, take put grains of paradise, nine grains of paradise, in your mouth and hold them under your tongue when you're in court. Uh, also to chew the little John to chew root. Any, any member of the ginger family, and that would also include um, cardamom, uh, can be used in court case work. All of them are good for that, and... You want to have a little something spicy in your mouth, and then usually you spit a little bit of it out, um, or you discreetly, you know, put your finger up and just get a little bit of your spit and put it on in the court. Used to be in the day, old day, they'd spit on the floor, but that's to get the judge to be influenced to be in your favor. I also want to make sure that you have somebody who's an advocate better than a lawyer. Somebody, you know, do you belong to a church? 
um, any kind of nonprofit organization? Can anyone write a letter of, of you know, uh, attestation to your goodness? You you need more help than you're getting. You're not getting enough help, and it's been going on for five years. You need better better advocates. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was sort of thinking an uncrossing bath. I don't know if there's uncrossing herbs. In, That's not no 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 no. We're not going that way. Don't. We're not going that way. Okay. Seriously, um, you're you're like yeah, I'm being blocked and all that. You got blocked the minute you got got in trouble. That's the you know the, if you haven't done an uncrossing bath before now. That's not the problem. The problem mm-hmm. is you got to go forward, face forward to the court issue. So many people run to uncrossing when they're not and that they won't get the get what they really need. I mean, people who need a divorce but they take an uncrossing bath and they should be doing a breakup, you know, or a separation. People who need love but they do an uncrossing instead of going out and doing love me and going on a date. Uh, uncrossing is 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 past you're past that point now. Wouldn't, wouldn't you agree with me, Ali? Yeah, you're you're at the point where <laughs> And crossing isn't going to help you too much. I mean, it's always good to start off with, but what you need is really active, aggressive. Like, you need to tackle this right away. Yeah, yeah. And um, and good luck to you. And come back and, and let us know how it goes, okay? Um, all right. Now I believe we're going to have our um, kind of Rococo, possibly Baroque, Uh, music that will be uh, classical in nature and brought to you by the Nagashiva Symphony Orchestra of the Air. The LMC Radio Network is a media alliance whose excellent shows include The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour with Catherine Ironwood and Conjurman Ollie, Sundays, 3 to 4.30. The Crystal Silence League Hour with John St. Germain, Tuesdays, 5 to 6. The Witch, the Priestess, and the Cauldron with Elvira Love and Phoenix LeFay, Fridays, 1 to 2. And Blue Flag Root Radio with Lady Muse, Fridays, 7 to 8. All time specific, add three hours for Eastern, sponsored by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California, and online at luckymojo.com. And now it's time to go to our freestyle segment with Sister Girl of Sister Girl Conjure in Los Angeles, California. Take it away, Sister Girl. Okay. So I want, I'm going to give you a photo spell today uh, for you to, to, to work with. If you want to get somebody to think about you or, or you want to influence their thoughts about you, what you would do is you would take a photo of them. I like to print it out on paper. And you'll need a straight pin, which is not a needle but a pin. And what you'll do is you'll, for nine mornings in a row or nine days in a row, I like to work in the morning you would take the photo and you would pierce it nine times in the in the forehead area or the 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 head and then as you're piercing the photograph with the straight pin you would talk to the picture and tell it what you wanted tell it what you wanted it the person to think what you wanted them to do so on and so forth and the person you will be on their mind and they will be inclined to respond to you um, and you'll stay on their minds as long as you do that. If you wanted to bring this person to you or to your door traditionally, but to you, you would take a photograph, not the same one you pierced with the needle, but you'll take a, a fresh photo and you would place it above your front door 
on the inside of the house. And every morning for nine days, you'd wake up and you would shout at the picture the person's full name three times in a row. So John Jenkins Jingleheimer Smith, John Jenkins Jingleheimer Smith, John Jenkins Jingleheimer Smith. And then that's it. And every morning you do the same thing. You do it for nine days, that person will come to you. That, I'm not saying they'll come to you at the end of the nine days, but they should come to you. But then also keep in mind, when we do this type of work, we always want to do it with someone that we actually have a connection with. Like, don't be calling Brad Pitt. Do you know what I mean? And, <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and make, sure, make sure that it's someone you really want. I love that. Don't be calling Brad Pitt. All right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and uh, and there's a note in here that you said this spell was taken from two different interviews in the Harry Hyatt volumes. Um, so um, just for those who don't know who Harry Hyatt is, I mean, there's always a new person comes in all the time. Harry Hyatt was a, an amateur folklorist. He grew up in um, in uh, uh, Adams County, Illinois. And he um, collected folklore from Adams County, Illinois, and he also was into genealogy. And eventually, um, a few years after doing that, he he was a, a minister in an uh, Episcopalian Anglican church, and he decided to collect folklore in the South from African Americans, and he interviewed 1,605 black root workers and clients and collected thousands of spells, which he published uh, many, many years later. He didn't have the money to publish them at first, and eventually um, he did get the money. Um, he didn't want to use his mother, his mother, his wife's money, excuse me, his wife's money. She was very rich, but he didn't want to use her money. But when she died, she left him the money, and then he published the books. So those books were re- uh, recorded in 1936 to 1970, but mostly between 1936 and 1940. So um just saying, this is uh, where those spells came from. And thank you, Sister Girl, for bringing that material forward. The um, the collections of Harry Hyatt are some of the most amazing types of spell work, some of the most valuable resources we have in the study of hoodoo. So just had to give a little shout-out for that. Well, I've um, used those, and they work. They do work. Yeah. Now, not everyone is as good as every one other. The one whole of the five volumes, one is just professional root doctors. That's probably the most valuable of the volumes because it's it's not I heard this, but I do this, which is a different kind of interview. So with this work um, and putting things over the door, this might remind people of some things they've read in A Deck of Spells where there was a, a spell that also came from the Harry Hyatt volumes that involved putting some playing cards up over the door if you were a prostitute to protect yourself from predatory or abusive clients in, as a sex worker. And this idea of the photos up over the door obviously had a widespread uh, usage in hoodoo at that time. And it's not something we hear about now because everybody all wants to have their house look like everybody else's house. They don't want to stick photos up, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you, another one that's very similar to me is one that uses a photo upside down. So if um, if you want someone's left and you want them to come back, in other words, they were in your house and they've gone to, you know, Birmingham and you want them to come back, you turn their photo upside down 
and burn candles in front of it until they come back. And then you turn the photo back right side up again. That's another version of that kind of a spell. Yeah. Mm, that's fantastic. I love these old-timey spells where, where, the, where the magic is involved with turning photos, manipulating photos, putting pins through photos. Because I think people only think of photos as personal concerns and not as something that is intimately involved in the magic itself. That you can actually do things to photos, and that is the magic. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you another one that, that uh, to get somebody to um, uh, come back to you that's done is to take a photo and put it uh, on your headboard of your bed on the back of the headboard. Now, usually the headboard would be against the wall, and so you won't be able to see it. It faces you. It's taped to or pinned to or nailed to the back of the headboard. So basically you're lying in bed and their head is right behind you. And uh, yes. you can send them dream, dream thoughts. And another way is um, to take a photo. If your lover is gone and you um, uh, want you know them to stay in touch with you, put their photo uh, under their pillow. If they have a side of the bed that they sleep under, you put their photo there and um, mm-hmm. y- you can uh, you know try to reach them in dreams. A lot of ways to work with photos of missing people, those who are gone. Yeah, I, I mentioned the uh, headboard one earlier, and another one is to place mm-hmm. it under a cup of water. Both have a very similar effect of influencing dreams, drawing a person who is lost or has gone away back to you. Very simple working, right? People nowadays are sitting there going, I need to do work with this thing with the hair of a virgin and the you know, <laughs> ho- you know horn of a goat you know, found under a full moon. And conjure doctors like take that photo, turn it upside down, and put it up behind your head. <laughs> Just yeah, okay. to the beauty of it. Right. Yeah. That's right. That's a that's a good one. Putting it underwater is another. Um, the, not in the water, but under a glass of water. Very very good one. And another one I know is to take a glass of water and put the photo um, face down on top of an open glass of water. And the idea is to you know call them back in. All righty. Uh, well, let's turn this over to Evan. He's going to give us our uh, closing announcements, and then we'll come back and say goodbye. Absolutely. Well, thank you, Miss Cat, and thank you, Conjuran. And thank you, Sister Girl of Sister Girl Conjure in Los Angeles, California, for being our guest this week. We invite you to join us next week when our special guest from the Association of Independent Readers and Root Workers will be John St. Germain of johnstgermain.com on Healing Pets with Hoodoo. Once again, we've come to the end of another Lucky Mojo Hooter Rootwork Hour, brought to you by the Lucky Mojo Curio Company in Forestville, California. You can find Miss Cat via the Lucky Mojo forum at forum.luckymojo.com and Conjurman at conjuremanconsulting.com in Mission Viejo, California. I'm your announcer, Evan Lionheart, joining you from readingsbyevan.com in New Jersey. The Lucky Mojo Hoodoo Rootwork Hour can be heard every week live on Blog Talk Radio at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time. And the shows are available in archive via the luckymojo.com forward slash radio show.html. For all of us at Lucky Mojo, I'd like to thank you for being here and invite you to tune in once again next week at the same time when you will hear the familiar strains of the Memphis Jug Band playing the Jug Band Waltz. Thanks, everybody. Goodbye. Thank Goodbye. you so much, Evan. And uh, I want to say uh, thanks to everyone in the chat room. Laura, Hoodoo for You, Grateful Diana, uh, Dr. Sweets, Doc Murphy, Cousin Joshua, um, 
give everybody uh, Miss Miranda Tarot, Onyx Rose, and Signe DC. So um, nice to see all of you guys here. Signe DC, drop me a line um, in a Facebook uh, private message if you would be so kind. I had a message for you. All right. Well, uh, I guess we'll just have to say that we'll see you all next week. Here we go. Goodbye. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye. This episode is made possible by PwC. It's getting hot out here. Moving the mercury can help move your business. PwC helps turn sustainability theory into real-world action. Reduce your carbon footprint while increasing transparency in net zero commitments. Start with reporting to identify your climate risks and reinvent your business. Create a more sustainable business and a stronger planet. It's all part of the new equation. Learn more at thenewequation.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.